0: So the idea is that as a learner, you get put into a scene in 360 and you can really get a sense of what that person's life is.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Every Day's a School Day, a brand new podcast series from St. James's Place. Do you want to know how innovative technology is being used to enhance businesses? Or do you want to feel inspired on how you can apply it to yours? Well then, this exciting new podcast series will showcase how immersive tech is being applied within the modern workplace. We'll sit down with some of the biggest and the best minds in the industry to learn about the latest developments and how it's improving businesses globally. We'll cover everything from AI and VR to building bespoke learning platforms and more. We'll also share how we're using tech to enhance L&D, break new ground, change those industry attitudes and inspire other organisations to do the same. Hello, and welcome back to Every Day's a School Day. I'm Hannah Frame, Social Learning Technology and Innovation Leader at SJP.
2: And I'm Nikki Finnegan, Director of Learning Development at SJP.
1: This is the final episode in our series on Immersive Empathy Training, and this episode is all around the development and production. Our first episode in this series with Eddie Grant and Hannah Coffey recovered our understanding of the four key drivers of vulnerability, how VR training can support, as well as an overview of what's in scope for SJP. Our second episode with Carla Brown and Zilla Watson covered real-life examples with partners and explained why VR works so well for empathy training. Today we're joined by Tori Watson from 55E5. Tori, can you tell us a bit more about who 55E5 are and what you do? Hi, Hannah. Sure. So
0: I'm the project manager and producer for 55E5. So we make immersive experiences and content so specializing in combining storytelling with xr technology so whether that's ar vr or mixed reality hopefully your listeners will have heard the very first podcast which was the journey to the metaverse which featured my colleagues connie harrison and carl gannett so i work closely with them to manage all the projects and we've been working with LD for about two and a half years now so advising on how immersive technology and environments can be brought into the business and helping to create new content
1: nice yeah and if you haven't listened to that first episode then do go and listen to it but it's amazing to have you here thanks so much for joining us but nick do you want to let the listeners know what they can get out of this episode yeah sure so
2: three main things that we want our listeners to get out of the episode are a detailed overview of the training sjp are creating with 360 films how this is industry leading and why it's so important and what's on the roadmap what's coming next schools in session so Tori, can you explain at a high level what we've been doing as a team over the past few months?
0: Sure. So when we first started working for SJP back in I think it was twenty twenty now, yes, isn't it? Was, it? No, yeah. twenty twenty, yeah. We recognised that creating role play in VR would be a really useful tool for Academy delegates. So giving people like a safe space to be able to practice client conversations in their own time, as many times as they want, without the fear of being judged and getting nervous and also like not having to rely on someone else. We went on to make three bespoke role plays, which hopefully some of the listeners have tried out already, and they are CGI avatar based simulations in VR. So, There's branching dialogue, which means you can choose how the conversation goes, and then you'll get scored on that performance. So that's kind of background of where we came from with the role play. And so now that we're focusing on the financial vulnerability, we've really been looking at like how we can improve and evolve the role plays. To help advisors have really difficult conversations with potentially vulnerable people. So maybe that's someone who's gone through a divorce or maybe someone who's recently bereaved or even someone with some mental health issues. Obviously, there's lots of different vulnerabilities. But the purpose of the learning content is to really help advisors to be able to spot the signs of those vulnerabilities and to develop the soft skills that they need to have those difficult conversations. So whether it's empathy being able to listen actively, being open. It's really about helping advisors to be able to support their clients as best as possible and to make their
1: services accessible. Yeah, definitely with consumer duty coming in, it's more important now than it has been before and obviously doing the right thing as well. What we realized
0: is that empathy is a key soft skill for that. And 360 film is a really great medium for building empathy. So it felt like a natural fit Mm -hmm. for us to explore how we can use 360 film with role play experiences. So what we've done is created a 360 film that uses actors that will accompany the role-play, avatar-based experience. So the idea is that as a learner you get put into a scene in 360 and you can see the characters walk around you, you can look around the room, you can really get a sense of what that person's life is and what their backstory is and what they might be going through and really like feel the emotion of those characters. And so it's a precursor to them to go on and go into the role play and really practice talking to that character.
2: We've obviously <laughs> tried it and it was part of the whole kind of experience and the creation of the 360s. And it is a very different experience, a very different feeling that you get mm. with the 360 films versus going straight into an avatar based VR kind of role plays. Yeah. And every single time that you know we filmed each take you felt the emotion there so and having done sort of you know share that with some other people it's very impactful so yeah it's really interesting approach
0: yeah and it's nice to see how we've evolved and improved what we've done previously and yeah we're really excited to see how it's gonna be received
1: I might be stating the obvious, but for our (laughs) listeners that might not know what a 360 film is, Tori, could you quickly just explain what that is?
0: Yeah, so to film a 360, you have a special camera. So it captures the world around you in 360 degree. So it allows you to, when you're in in VR, you're actually in the scene. So everything you can see all around you. So you're in a fixed position, which means you feel like you're a fly on the wall. So it's slightly different from 2D in the sense that you can't have as many close-up or as edits and you have to be careful when you produce it with the cuts and the sound design so that you're not taken out of that experience because then you lose some of the immersive Feeling, actually, on this film, we did it in all one continuous shot, as you no, said. So it's more challenging yeah. for the actors, yeah. but it's actually much more impactful
2: and actually more realistic. Mm. So we did quite a few takes, which meant they had to eat quite a lot of cake <laughs> yeah. and drink lots of tea. was yeah,
0: exactly. bad, too bad. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is because you're filming all around you, you can't be in there. Mm. So we did a lot of hiding around walls and.
2: But when you do experience it, it's very voyeuristic because mm. you do feel like you're in the room. They can't see you, like fly on the walls. You said it's a strange feeling.
0: Just to explain how we developed the content. So the starting point was really looking at the four drivers of financial vulnerability and researching the topics that fall under those and looking at what training is currently out there. And what we realized is there's actually a massive opportunity to create training that's practical and focuses on soft skills because there's a lot of guidance, and a lot of information out there, but it's less on the soft skills sort of side of training. So we went on to research case studies and looked at different vulnerabilities and liaised with SJP and partners to get real life examples and anecdotes for those case studies. We also looked at published research and case studies at through charities and other organizations. So it was really important to us that we were drawing from real-life experiences to create the scenarios and making sure they feel authentic. And obviously because it's vulnerability the topics are sensitive so we want to make sure we're doing our due diligence and representing people fairly so we came up with five different topics so we had economic abuse so coercive control cognitive decline which is the first one which we've shot which i'll talk about shortly i think power of attorney was another one there was scams and i think the last one was lack of digital skills But obviously there are themes that overlap anyway, so in the film that we've created, there's themes of bereavement, there's themes of loneliness, and also digital skills as well, because the main character does really
1: struggle with being in the online
0: world as well.
1: everything's online now, isn't it? I mean, my grandparents, they struggle with even doing online banking. They still go to the bank and hand their checks in. So It's quite overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Life for them is very different. So I can only imagine even now with everything that happens for me, sometimes it can be like, what's going on? So for them, it must be, yeah. But you talk about the Cognitive Decline film. Can you talk more about what we've produced so far? So, yeah, we've already shot and edited the first film. So it is,
0: as you say, it's about cognitive decline. So... We know from our research that it's a really common condition and it affects thousands and thousands of people, mostly older but also younger people too. So it's mild cognitive impairment is what the film is kind of depicting and that isn't dementia but it can quite often lead to
1: dementia. So it can be the precursor, yeah. Sorry, just on that point then, Tori. Nikki, I know that when we were in a workshop the other day, a stat was shared around cognitive decline. Can you share that with our listeners because I was kind of blown away?
2: Yeah. So one in eight people over the age of 80 suffer from some sort of cognitive decline that's probably linked to Alzheimer's or dementia. And 46% of those are not diagnosed. So obviously there's sensitivities around how we approach this in the content we create, but also in the toolkit that we provide to our advisors to be able to identify when someone's situation is changing, their behavior is changing, Mm -hmm. and they might be affected by this and being able to be sensitive to that and understand, you know, where and when they need to ask the right questions and identify when that potentially is happening to one of their clients.
0: Yeah, it's true. In this story, it's a story about Peter, who's in his late 70s, and he's probably on the sort of beginning of his cognitive decline sort of, journey i suppose you'd say and he's starting to forget things his memory's not as good as it was and he's getting confused and He's living on his own because his wife died. So he's become more isolated and he's sort of struggling with daily tasks more than he used to. So in the scene, we see his daughter, Tara, come over. So she visits him and it's a bit of a quick visit. She's quite busy with her own sort of family life. And it's a nice interaction with them. And you can see they're really close. And you can see that she's worried and she's trying to help, but she doesn't know what to do. And he's sort of in a bit of denial. Yeah sort of insisting that he's fine and so as the scene goes on you sort of see the worry in her and she's looking around and she's really asking if she can help him and he's like no 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 don't make a fuss she's
2: realizing that something's shifted something's changed yeah and that she needs to address it and i think she's not really noticed before that kind of the extent of it
0: so she leaves and it's quite emotional it's quite sad because you see him on his own in the room
1: that's why it's so powerful isn't it yeah. because you really are immersed in that experience and are experiencing it kind of yeah. firsthand. hand.
0: And it's great in the 360 because we used a really great set designer to help us with the set. So we used a real life house, but then we put a lot of props in and we made the room quite messy and put lots of paperwork everywhere. And, and that was quite fun to do.
2: It was fun. And yeah. then we had to tidy it all up afterwards. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I had to remember
0: where everything yeah. went. So that created the environment. So it's interesting when you're in there because you can really look around and see what's in the house. We were really fortunate as well. We had some amazing actors that we worked with. So we had an actor called Alan Williams, who played Peter, and he's really experienced TV and theatre and film actor. He's worked at the National Theatre in Warhorse. He oh, wow. And he's worked on loads of TV programmes you'd know, like Colfi and mm. Coronation Street and Father Ted. Nah. Yeah. And then Emily, who worked with Alan on Warhorse, she plays Tara and she's also, a movement director, again, like brilliant, really experienced. So, we were lucky because they really brought the character to life yeah. and made it. So, Tori, what's been the initial reaction to the film? The initial reaction has been really positive. So, the themes and the characters have really resonated with people, and that's been really nice to hear. In actual fact, some of the responses have been quite emotional from people. I think we've Probably underestimated actually how many people are impacted by this topic. So we know that it's really important to have trigger warnings and to make sure that people know what they're going to watch and then feel supported afterwards. Obviously, it's great for us that people have an emotional response, but we want to make sure that, you know, we don't want to put people in a situation where they feel distressed
2: or upset by it.
1: Yeah, we're really keen that we make sure the policies and everything are in place internally. So can you explain
2: to listeners why this is industry leading? And I guess, you know, not just for SJP, for the word industry and how it's relevant for anyone who's having a conversation with anyone who's vulnerable.
0: Sure. I mean, I think the fact that we are doing the 360 film and the role play means it is more of an enhanced experience for the reasons we've sort of explained with the immersion of being in that film in that way. But I think also it's not branded content and it's ultimately about storytelling and... I think it can be useful to any professional or actually anyone who comes into contact with a vulnerable person, not just in a business context. So I think in that sense, it's leading the way.
1: Yeah, I think we are. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I'm biased, but I suppose it's not seen massive amount done, kind of that space with the 360 films, followed by a role play, followed by obviously working in financial industry. Nick, I don't know what your experience is.
2: The conversations we've been having and the last podcast that we did where we had Carla Brown and Zilla talking about this, you know, Carla felt like there is a massive gap there and it's really, really important to be able to provide this support and learning for our advisors to be able to have that toolkit and keep on experiencing and practising because you don't know who's going to walk through the door with new clients needing support or depending on where they might need access to financial services and when they find themselves in vulnerable circumstances and yeah you know her view is that there just isn't this content out there and she's really happy that we are embracing it and delivering it so it's something in the future we'd like to be able to share with more people Mm. outside of SJP so at the moment it's just available to our own advisors and uh, our partnership.
1: All really exciting I suppose a question for you Tori is what's the bigger vision for where this could go?
0: So in the immediate future, we're just about to film our next film, which is about a divorced couple. So we're in pre-production for that and we're going to be shooting in a couple of weeks. So it's a couple and they're in the process of getting divorced and the husband's left the family home and there's a daughter involved. So it's all the kind of sensitivities around splitting the finances and the vulnerabilities around and emotions around divorce. So following that, we will obviously do the role play that goes with it. And then for H2, we've got a couple more films penciled in, but we don't know what those topics will be just yet. So we'll revisit some of the scenarios that I mentioned earlier and, yeah, choose a couple
1: and all of these will be coupled with the role plays. Exactly, that phrase, isn't exactly. It? Yeah.
0: So I think it's like interesting to hear from people like what do they want and like what
2: vulnerabilities are they seeing out there? And it is work in progress. So, you yeah. know, by creating this first 360 film for Cognitive Decline, sharing it with some people in the business, stakeholders, various different partners, and internal employees to say, How's it landing? How's it make you feel? What do you think as a result of this is going to be the best outcome for us to create the role plays and ask the right questions and sort of drive those with the right behaviours, provide that support for advisors? And, you know, based on that, that will then inform what we do in H2, because as you said, we've got a number of things that we can look at. And there are so many different kind of streams that fall out of that of subject matter But also driven by insight, talking to partners and talking to advisors and talking to the business about what insight, what feedback we're getting back from clients. Because ultimately, you know, we need to support clients in the best way we can. And we're seeing, you know, what's needed rather than what we think is a good idea to create the content for. So that's how we're working going forward.
0: Yeah. And as a bigger vision, I think we see it as an ever growing series of content and a package of films and role plays that will cover lots of different vulnerabilities.
1: Yeah,
2: there's huge scope there.
1: Yeah, and all driven kind of by the facts, the data, the research that um, you're working obviously with the charities and externally as well. All very exciting. I suppose, Nikki, the big question is how do people get to experience this and access the content?
2: So a number of ways, really. So we have content that we deliver through training programs, through academy program. When we have advisors come in for 12 weeks at the beginning of their journey with SJP, we take the VR headsets out to off sites, to team meetings, partner events. You know, we get out there as much as we can to share the content, get feedback, but also use that for learning and going out to, to partner events and things like that. And we've also, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before when we were on a previous podcast, we've just launched our first VR hub in Bristol, which is really exciting. And we've got capability for anybody who visits that office to go and basically self-serve. So we've got a big screen there that gives a demonstration as to how to put the headset on, how to access the content, and then provide feedback to us without any of our team needing to be there to support them. And the plan is to roll those out. We've got plans for Manchester, London, Sirencester, and wherever in future so that we can just make vr available to everybody and it's not just the vr role plays content that's on the headsets there's lots of content there for various different soft skills you know people skills and ability to be able to have better conversations with your and managers and your employees lots of stuff on there that's just all self-serve so very exciting step there
0: also just to mention that although we've made this for vr the films and the role plays for vr both of them will be available on desktop too. So we know that not everyone wants to wear a headset or has one available. So there will be the option to be able to see it on desktop. The 360 film will be a YouTube link and you can actually still look around the room. It's not as immersive, but you still get the Mm. sense, yeah. You
1: get to play around and move around, Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. I think kind of all of this really shows we are as a team using tech for good and all focus around the consumer duty and doing the right thing. So that also makes it kind of like doubly exciting.
2: We're also making sure, as you said, it's accessible to everybody and we want everyone to have access to this regardless of some sort of challenges they may have and potentially not wanting to access it via VR. So in addition to VR through the headset and potentially future hardware that's become available and on desktop, we're looking to create some augmented reality content so you would be able to access AR via potentially your phone and, you know, get a bit of a taster into immersive experiences that you may not have had access to before to sort of dip your toe in a little bit if you haven't tried you know the fully immersive experiences yet so there's a whole scope of work that we can do with the content but also with hardware and how people access that
1: nice and yeah we are going to be producing more of these so do let us know what you'd like to see so Tori switching it up now and going to our regular feature what's something you've learned recently that blew your mind so I think I'm going to have to say the thing that's blown my mind recently is the
0: price of the new Apple Gosh, it's headset. it's <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so it's three and a half thousand dollars. So that's about two thousand eight hundred pounds. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> something like that. So yeah, it's a lot. And obviously that prices out a lot of people, most people mm. from buying the headset. I think it's really more for creatives and content makers to be able to experiment at this stage. But obviously it's really exciting because it's the sort of introduction of mixed reality and obviously when Apple get on board you know that Things are going to blow up, and there's a lot of other headsets and things that's going to come out of this. So yeah, they've set the bar
2: high. Set the bar high. Yeah. And seen, seen, have you seen
0: like what they look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They,
1: they look so quite they look
0: cool. The
2: the, well. I'm saying yeah, they look a bit like fly, but much more, you know, easy for people to wear. And I think some people just feel very self-conscious that they with a headset yeah. on. And so, yeah, it's yeah. expensive, which you're kind of expected, but yeah, that is pretty high. But then I guess if we compare the Oculus Quest Pro that came out last. year December maybe that came out that was $1,500 and that's dropped down to 999 now but then on the flip side the Quest 2 headsets that we've purchased they were selling at 299 for a 128 gig and 399 for a 256 gig which we bought and they have now increased they're both £100 okay. more each for each headset so that's really interesting to see that mm. um, increase there because I think they set the price quite low when they first launched them and they're mm. becoming so much more popular now.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing how this all progresses, like having the ability to be able to switch from virtual reality to AR in the mm. same headset, it's really That's exciting, exciting yeah, because yeah. I
1: think that switch between, so you still get real life, but you've also got yeah. the benefits that it brings. It's just really cool. <laughs> I think
0: it's just going to be that thing of like seamlessly moving from yeah. one app, isn't it, to another and moving from the virtual world to the real
1: world. Yeah. So that concludes our final episode in our series on immersive empathy training thank you so much Tori for joining us today it's been super insightful and really interesting thanks so much for having me and thanks Nikki as always thank you so make sure to like and follow the podcast and let us know what you'd like to hear next by emailing us at learning at sjp.co.uk for now school's out